episode 448 for the week of December 2nd, 2017. I'm your host, Christopher Vettier. I've got two excited RPG players here this week to tell you about the things I've been playing. Jonathan Stringer. Hello. And Alex Fuller. Oh, two for a limited time. Yes, two for a limited time, and then a limited time after that. I think it's going to be a short show this week, because uh, nobody else is here. Anna Marie is off at her annual Natsume party and Kelly's busy, and Pascal's busy, and... They had a big tuna. Alice is busy. Yes, they did have a big tuna. A very big tuna. Man, that was a big tuna. They probably ate the whole thing, too. Now I want sushi. But we're going to talk about video games. Alex Fuller, you put up a review this week for Xenoblade Chronicles 2, didn't you? Yes. I think you I've liked been it. nothing else for three weeks. <laughs> three weeks? Oh no. I've been trying to see if I can get through this game and now you've just confirmed for me the answer's no way. <laughs> oh man. I think you liked it, didn't you? I did very much like it. So tell us about Xenoblade Chronicles 2. No? Yep. <laughs> just open it up there. Many, it's too big to things. talk about. <laughs> Yeah. Is this a sequel to Xenoblade Chronicles? Or is this its own it, thing? It, it's its own thing. All the Xenoblade games are their own thing. So. Okay. Oh, so X isn't a sequel either? Okay. I didn't know that. Uh, X, X is even more distant from these two as well. Because it's, it's the way it is. It's much more of a side game and stuff like that. So. Oh, okay. Is this game take 30 hours to get good? Like X? Oh, no, I don't know. Really liked it from the start, so. Oh, okay. Half <laughs> oh, me to answer that. You don't have to wait. You don't have to wait thirty hours to get your your mech and start being able to run around environments and stuff. Right? Yeah, there's no mechs in this one, so okay. you get none of that. All right. Yeah, pretty much most of the stuff at the start. It does drip feed you a fair few bits, like expanding how many blades you get, etc. All right. So do you become the master of the Monado again? No, it's not that. Mechs is more. Rex is more about his personality rather than being a special chosen one who has a special power, although there is a bit just by the fact that Pyra, who he connects with, is a special blade. But So um, Rex is your main character, right? And can you control other people in this one? Yeah, you can. It's like it's more like Xenoblade Chronicles 1 in that you get you can choose who the lead character is and stuff like that and switch people in and out so alright so what did you do do you mostly play as the main guy or do you switch around and... I, I mostly played as Rex just because I mean the way that blades work as well means that you're not, you're not strictly beholden to a certain playstyle of each character okay. so they'll have they'll have one they'll have one that's basically set that you can't change out which is a specific type and then the rest you can the other two you can actually make or decide which type you want so you can be a healer stroke attacker etc because yeah blades come in three different types and that sort of affects what you're doing you can either be tank attacker or healer mm -hmm. 
So oh, you, can, okay. you can either choose. To, right. Yeah, so you can so choose to have someone specializing. Yeah, you can basically have three tank blades, which that is seems useful because like that idea. Then no, no, no that's damage. actually. <laughs> no, that's actually helpful because it makes doing so actually raises your tank ability up, so you become a much better tank. So you just aren't as fle- you just aren't as flexible. So. I thought you meant all yes. three characters specced for tanking. Oh but... no. Yeah, probably yeah, don't do that because okay. then you can't heal. <laughs> but yeah, you can make all three blades on one character be all tanks and that actually raises your tanking abilities and so forth. So uh I actually picked this up yesterday as well, so I've been playing I guess about three or three, four hours worth. Yeah. Um this the things that hit me. This game is <sighs> There's a lot to learn in the battle system, or at least it seems like there is, and maybe it's just overwhelming at first, but, um, and once I had that, plus the, the setting is very anime and, um, very narrative driven and lots of cutscenes, and I felt like this was a Tales game. Does that make sense? I can see, yeah, I can sort of see where you're coming from and just, yeah, the way the story is the main thing at the start things like that it is yeah unapologetically anime yeah which uh, as far as i'm concerned i'm, I'm good with that because <laughs> i like anime yeah, yeah for sure <laughs> but obviously if you don't like anime stuff then it's not going to be as much of a draw so so i i was in the first like the guild area and i'm just doing all these side quests and and i don't know why just because i have this compulsion to do all the side quests and i'm worried because i remember in the first xenoblade game like doing all the side quests adds like a good 50 to 60 hours onto the gameplay right so i don't know <laughs> i don't know if i should keep doing that but um it felt good to just keep salvaging and getting more rich and getting more rich and getting more rich so your dude can salvage and that means he kind of goes swimming for treasure and what that actually means is you do a quick time event and if you do it well you get better treasure um and and that's kind of your guy's occupation because they all live on this cloud sea, which I think is water, but it looks like clouds. I don't understand it, but he can it's, swim in it. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of a hybrid of the two. Okay. It's not. It's not quite water. It's not quite cloud. I fell off. I fell off like the the initial area where I had control of my character, and I thought, well, gonna see how this game handles death. And then I realized, wait, I'm not falling. Did it bug out? And then I realized, no, he's swimming. And I could just swim around to the... Wait, yeah. I thought we were in clouds. I don't know what's happening anymore. <laughs> it's a very dense cloud. Apparently. <laughs> and then if you keep going down, it's definitely water because they have diving helmets and everything and it looks like they're underwater. And Oh, man. So it, the world in this game is... And you know a lot more about it than I do. And that's that's good. So I should probably be the one to talk about it so I don't spoil anything. Well, I don't know. Whatever. It... They yeah, are on a... There's, a. there's a lot to spoil. <laughs> I assume so. So it looks like they're on a planet that's covered in this cloud sea, which is like water with a little bit of mist on top. And then there's clouds yeah. above that. And at, for whatever reason, it's as though like a planet got flooded and there's a whole ruined civilization underneath the water. And then everyone lives on these giant titans that kind of swim around on top of the water. Um, and there's a giant world tree in the in the center that's they used to live on and they got cast out from there for some reason and there's a whole thing about let's go back there and should we go back there and whatever and then the titans came from there and then one person i at least one person has a ship that doesn't need a titan i don't know why more people don't there's a whole 
I don't know, whatever. So people live on these little creatures and things happen and then, oh, there's things I want to spoil already and I'm not going to. And very interesting setup. I'll say that. <laughs> and I like, um, I just like how they set up your, uh, the non-fighting companion you get very early in the game who tags along with right. you. And that was yep. really well handled. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I did, I did like the uh, fake out on that. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> uh, uh, so okay, so are you playing English voice acting or Japanese? Or oh, you... I played English voice acting because it was day one, so I didn't actually have the Japanese. Oh, that's right, you didn't have the option yet. All right. Um, I I've been noticed I've been bugged in like the cutscene videos and stuff where like your character will be speaking but his mouth won't be moving. And it's like they obviously didn't redo these these animations for english um they realize oh i can download the japanese and see if that fits more but i haven't done it yet um but that is an option yeah. um okay. yeah i didn't have too much of an issue with the lip sync i mean it is off a bit but it's not as bad as many other games so i was fine with that and a bit of it is going to be how well you react to british voices sure sure so this is a massive open-world RPG, JRPG, with plot, story, and uh, I always want to say Final Fantasy XII-style combat, but there's no gambit, it's, so yeah, that's not really it's, true. Yeah. <laughs> it's pseudo-open world. It's not truly open world that's quite... A lot of it is actually just quite linear in how you do it. It's just a very big... It's a very thick line. Oh, okay. It's a very thick line. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> the thick red line. Uh, so... Is this uh, again with like tons and tons and tons of side quests that you just waste hours on, or is, is it just it, if you want to grind, to... you just grind on gathering materials and not on side quests, or yeah. how's this go? There's a few sort of aspects to that it in terms of the actual side quests, it's a bit different to these ones in that all those random collect X amount of things are put into the sort of merc quest group where you actually send your spare blades off to do them. Oh, so you get, you, I get, oh you get, it's a management sim too? Oh. There is a bit of management sim in that, yes. Oh, I love that. But, but a lot of these side quests are actually sort of a lot more substantial than they were in the previous two, so you don't get as many of the throwaway ones. A lot of them have story associated. You actually get some with fully voiced cutscenes, etc. I think pretty much all of the rare blades actually have some form of multi-step side quest associated with them, so they're, they're always fun. So do the blades come back from your management sim and tell you that they got a good feeling, or how does this work? Uh, they, they generally just come back and say, we passed the mission, here are your rewards. So there's no real... They're missing an opportunity there, but okay. Yeah, there's, there's, there's no fail. It's, it's a way to do things and get things while you're doing something else, so it's not too bad. So where I'm between... at, yeah, so where I'm at in the game, you, you, those materials, which you get from salvaging and apparently these side quests too, you then take to a vendor who you turn in bundles of the materials and then you get like a useful item and a bunch of money out of it. Is that like kind of the pattern for the whole game or does it change what you're doing yeah, with all uh, those mats? I didn't actually use that all that much, so oh, okay. I'm trying to think what I used in mats for. You use it quite a bit craft? in... Yeah, you use it quite a bit for creating accessories and things like that. So oh, okay. All right. Therefore, they're, they're not as ingrained in the game as I think they were before. With side quests, what a lot of them do is you get a lot of bonus experience from those. And when you rest at an end, you can choose whether you want to level up using more using those bonus points. 
and you can actually choose how many levels you want to go up. So, um, it's you have so more? sort of if you yeah, if you want to stay low and keep the main story stuff, it's more of a challenge. You can sort of hold on to the bonus the bonus experience points and not raise your level too much in the process. Well, if you're struggling on the story much and have done a bunch of side quests, you can just go for a quick level boost to get past that story bit, which I really liked having. So, um, it, you have probably more characters in your party than you can use in battle at once. Do you find that uh, you, you cycle them out frequently because they all have use, or can you spec them all however you want, and so you just kind of find the three that you care about most and use them all the time? I generally found use the three I cared about the most, but I, it was quite easy just to switch another one in without losing much from it, so okay. I could just yeah, assign a different play loadout if I want them to do certain things. So if I had my problem with my healer not really healing enough, I'd change their blades and just make them say have all healing blades to make sure that they were focusing on healing. And I could sort of make my character so I had a couple of attackers and then one one blade as a healer in case I need to provide some extra healing as well at that point. So there's a lot more flexibility in how you can go about with characters than the previous two games, which they were all sort of a set class and things like that. Can you save the loadouts to quickly switch between them, or do you just is it just so easy it doesn't matter? Mm-hmm. Don't think so. Okay. Trying to find out. Yeah. Not something I remember seeing, but it wasn't it wasn't too hard to just switch between them. So how's this thing look? You like the way it looks? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like hey, it, a Nintendo game it's and it's HD yeah. and yeah, and it's a JRPG. Welcome it's to traditional monolith, yeah, traditional monoliths off creating incredible views and <laughs> lots of colors. Oh. Yep. And the sound has been really good. Um, it, Yasunori Mitsuda did like most of the soundtrack, right? Or maybe the whole thing. And... He, yeah, I think he was in overall charge of the soundtrack. I'm sorry, I think, I think um, certain other composers did things. I think Ace did most of the either field stuff or battle stuff, and then another composer did. A lot of the other stuff. So, then what did he do? He, I think he had overcharge. Mm. He was in overall charge of the direction, and oh, that's I think did a, bu- did a bunch of the other. He did a bunch of tracks himself as well. But I, what I, it, my impression from it is like none of this sounds like the really good tracks from Xeno Gears or Chrono Trigger. It's very different. It's very different um, and more orchestral, open. Uh, not orchestral, open world. That's a stupid way to describe the music. Um, <laughs> Uh, how do I want to describe the music? A uh, very modern film scorey game soundtracky thing, but uh, fantasy anime trumpets and strings going crazy. And yeah, I mean it's it's a lot very varied because you get tracks which are mostly piano, and then there's some guitar battle with battle themes in there as well. So I just I just it's want got... a track to grab me like that darn track from Chrono Cross that. With the do well, whatever um, time scar, I think it's called. But yeah, I I, I don't hear anything like that yet, and mm. I'm just kind of hoping he shines through with some. I think there's one where the, there's one where the main theme starts kicking in in some of the key cutscenes that it does the job in. So okay, all right, that's probably where it's gonna appear. I just I want that Mitsuda signature, and I'm not I'm getting like well, this is still really good, but it's not the Mitsuda thing I was hoping I'd get, but. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's probably it's probably worth noting that there's a considerable drop in the resolution when you go to handheld mode, but I had no problems with that. Oh, okay. Myself. Um, 
not in sound resolution, in graphical resolution, right? So yeah, graphic, graphic resolution. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah um, sounds still great. But I have only played on my TV right now, um, and I, th- this is certainly not a sixty frames per second game. Um, and I, what I haven't verified yet is whether or not the frame rate changes between TV and handheld. So I'll be interested to notice that as we go forward. I I didn't notice any of it. The only time the frame rate drops for me was when there was just a massive battle and everyone was doing an incredibly flashy move and even then it was just I've seen some drops while it's like panning around with like an entire zone in the background and like yeah of course but who cares um because it yeah, looks so but, beautiful yeah. you don't care <laughs> yeah that's this even even with the drop in resolution it was still you can still see a design shining through properly so and yeah I didn't notice any drop in frame rate Good. When I went to handheld mode, I played handheld mode, I think, two-thirds of the time I played with it, so... Alright. Um, this game does not have surround sound, is what I learned last night. And I played with this for a while to verify that, because I didn't want to accuse them of that without evidence. And, like, I checked my Switch setup, I'm, I did the sound test on the Switch, have it ping all my speakers individually to make sure everything's good, I reset the game, and it's like, no, there's just no surround sound in this game, so... Um, stereo sound though, and I'm I'm wondering if they're like, yeah, we could do surround sound, or we could save a lot of money and recognize that most people are playing this in handheld mode anyway, and at best they're gonna have headphones on, so who cares? <laughs> and that's probably the right choice to make, but I was a little disappointed by it. So I will say that. Um, I don't have it, so I can tell you. Yeah, you care. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, and that's why it's probably the right choice for them to make. So I just have to get over that. Um, yeah. And... yeah. So I know you mentioned the combat being overwhelming initially, which is something that's fair to say when you sort of first look at it, but I found it to be really intuitive after a pretty short time. There is a lot on the screen, but it's quite nicely attuned to the controller layout as well. So you've got those four... The boxes of four in sort of the bottom left and bottom right corner, and they all directly correspond to the buttons... Pretty much every action in combat only requires you to press a button. So there's no menu menu diving during combat, things like that. So I found that really worked, worked really well. Yeah, I mean, there is no menus and stuff, but it also means that a lot of combat can just be, you know, you sleeping on the couch while your guys beat up all the enemies um, until you get to a boss where you actually have to do things so you don't die. So, I don't know. There's that. It does that, but I think, yeah, you might not have the full tools you suppose when you get that. It really speeds things up if you can use them also. Oh, okay. Yeah. It does help to pay attention at that point. Yeah, because, I'm, again, I'm early on, so by the time all my specials charge up, regular enemies are pretty much dead. So that all needs to that all will probably change later. Yep. Yeah, in the second half, I was definitely using all specials on pretty much every enemy just because... I could charge them up quite quickly. You'll get you'll get skills that let you start off with arts readily available, so and so forth. So okay. you get more of a head start on the on the specials building up. Uh, and then, um, yeah, I don't know. What should we talk about? There's so much going on here, and I know nothing. But... <laughs> Okay. Yes. So when it comes to side quests, that's, I'm not sure if you've seen it yet, but you'll have a bit where you get blocked off from going somewhere and you need a special blade skill to get past it. 
Yeah. Don't know if you've seen that yet. Oh no, no. Not. Oh wait, uh, I have one. I have a treasure chest I can't open because of that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, that's one of the things that you you'll see a load of those things like that dotted around, and they'll be side quests and stuff that you can't complete until you get those skills. So those can be annoying when you're doing side quests that require them because you won't be able to pass it until you get blades that have those skills and enough enough blades to pass those tests. So. There's a bit of more than that. You just have to put side quests onto the back burner until you come back to them later. So, so that. there are also a couple of areas that were a bit difficult to figure out how to get through just because of the way the map was laid out and it was sort of a 3D way. So you had to find that place that sort of goes around that's not immediately intuitive. But I found them eventually, so. And when you do find them, it makes you very happy, so. But yeah, on the whole, I absolutely love my time of it. Yeah, so um, what would you say is, uh, you know, is this a, um, gosh, you, you have significant side quests, you have uh, obviously a lengthy main story. How long is this thing? It took me 80 two hours to finish off i think i probably did maybe half the side content so i'd expect even if you're doing a main playthrough it's probably going to take you 65 70 hours just because you have to do more battling to be at the right level to get past the final boss and so forth and then of course if you're doing all the other side quests it's probably going to be well over 100 hours <laughs> So I shouldn't yeah. do the side quest, but you probably get really good rewards from the side quest, don't you? You get rewards, and it really helps with leveling up and stuff. So. Oh, and that's right. You need to become friends with your your blades too, and I bet that helps with that. <sighs> yeah, I mean, if you're not doing side quests, you'll probably find you, you're spending more time battling anyway. So. Mm. It's worth doing side quests as you. As you can, but not devoting yourself wholly to them. So what I'm hearing from you is that this is a very involved, depth, high, he, very uh, deep JRPG that people are going to spend a bazillion hours on, and it's on your Switch, which is portable, and it looks beautiful, and it sounds great. And so you gave it a 5 out of 5, and everyone should just stop listening to the show and go buy it. More or less, right? If you like that sort of stuff. If yes. you like that sort of stuff. <laughs> I, don't know what, I don't know. If you're coming to RP Gamer and you don't like that sort of stuff, that's kind of... I guess maybe if you don't like this style of combat or something, right? But Yeah, I mean, those things, if you really didn't like Xenoblade Chronicles 1, then it's probably not going to change your mind on that hmm. sort of thing. But, yeah, it's one I really loved and would clearly recommend. I'm Judging by other review scores, I'm a bit higher on it than most others, but... So, tell me, what's up with these little furry guys? Nopon. The the yeah the lolpon. What do you call him? Lolpon. Nopon. 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 The lolicon. Yeah. No, that's not it. No. Nopon. <laughs> the nopon. They have. There's, I feel like yeah, they have hands, but they also have ear hands. It's really weird. The ear. The ear hands. Okay. That's that's what we're going with is ear hands, and then yeah, really have, really tiny T Rex hands. Yeah. Donald Trump hands. All right. 
And then uh, they they are your choo choos of this title. Yeah, I mean they're the same as they were in Xenoblade and Xenoblade Cross. So. Oh, okay. I don't remember them from there, but they're they're <laughs> the all over that... the place here. <laughs> Yeah, they're all over the place. They're mostly merchants, but I really like Tor. Is fun. He's the one. Who, he's the one who joins you. Oh, good! You get one. That's good. Yep. They talk oh, weird. Spoiler. They talk weird. That's and not. I don't know if I'm okay with the way they talk, because it doesn't make sense why anyone would talk like that. But I guess they had to make them sound. Oh, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I liked them. <laughs> Do you get a mount see, in this I, game? I, I, Do you get a horse huh? or anything? Do you get a you don't get a mech? You don't get a mount, but if you control Nia, she rides she a tiger. She rides her cat, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's not, but you don't go any faster. No. No. <laughs> uh. Unfortunately it's got the teleport system, so it's not too hard to get oh, around. Oh alright, <laughs> that's right. There is a lot of fast travel, isn't there? Okay. Yeah, it's got, yeah, that that really helps with the side quest as well because you will go back and f- back and forth quite a bit, but it hardly takes any time because of the chant teleport. And of course, it's got the same sort of death penalty in that there is no death penalty; you just get dumped back at the nearest checkpoint. So there's no. Uh, it seems like there's no load times either, it, or it loads very quickly. Does that stay true as you go on? Uh, you do get some some load times if you teleport between areas so okay. you teleport from somewhere from one titan to a different titan you'll get load times on that but it's not it's not bad at all so no real issue there right. well Whew. so this seems like uh, so this is the big thing for this Christmas for the RP Gamer and um yeah, I expect that we'll be seeing this come game of the year. <laughs> it's going to at least gonna be, be on the list. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, yeah, as you mentioned, you have a higher score than others, so I wonder how everyone else on the staff is going to feel yeah. about it now that they've got access to it. I think there's, I can think of at least four really strong challenges to it. So. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those years, huh? Jeez. Yeah. Well, thanks, Alex, for... for bringing us through that um do you need to take off now or do you want to stick around for a little bit of uh i have about 10 minutes you have to have 10 minutes all right well thank you and uh you just drop off when you need to <laughs> oh wait no they... you played battle chef brigade oh yeah i, I just started that, that. After. tell me how that is i've been looking forward to that it's it's strange it's a weird motivation from my sort of platforming platforming side scroller the rpg type and then the rest of the game is sort of match three Yep. But it's, been, it's been a lot of fun, actually. It's quite surprising how it works. It doesn't seem like something that would tie together quite like that word, especially if you combine it with cooking as well. But there's a lot of time. So you basically you get set with the task of cooking something with usually a base ingredient and specific taste that you want to aim for. And then you go out and hunt things down that are sort of in the area just outside the kitchen and then bring them back and then start cooking them. And by co- and when you cook them, you're basically playing a match three game to remove remove the gems or make the gems more powerful to create uh, the tastes. Yeah, different flavors. Want, but, yeah. yeah. And it's like a frantic Iron Chef where you actually kill your kill the secret ingredients and hunt them down. Yeah, you got to hunt them. them. <laughs> that's, that's so cool. <laughs> 
And how how does it play outside of the out of, outside of the chef competition part? Like, how does that work? Is it like an adventure game? Is it like, an, I don't know. What are you doing? <laughs> no, you, you sort of get wander around town a bit. You can do some side quests, which are basically just more of the specific thing, either more of the hunting battle bit or more of the match three bit, trying to just do some special tasks for that. But other than that, you're just talking to people and then challenging people afterwards. So. It's a bit light off that bit. Alright. And uh, are you playing on like PC, Switch? Switch. Switch. Yeah. Seems like a good Switch game. Yep. I've basically completely abandoned the PS4 since I got the Switch. <laughs> yeah. It's so convenient to have. I know. It? <laughs> um, I've been doing a lot of PS4 stuff lately, but uh, yeah, I know what you feel. Because I went through that when I first got my Switch as well. <laughs> I haven't fallen in love with my Switch yet. Oh, I'm sorry. I know. I only use it a little bit. It just kind of sits there on my nightstand. Maybe you need Xenoblade Chronicles 2 and Battleship Brigade. Maybe. I don't know. I was playing Breath of the Wild a little bit and didn't grab me yet, so I don't oh. know yet. Well, I mean, if... Hmm. And Golf Story. Oh, yeah. Golf Story. Um, Steam World Dig 2 is good on it. Um, then there's a cross now. And... Actually, though, that's all you... I mean, Wonder Boy is cool, but you don't need it. Mario Kart 8, only if you didn't play it enough. Snake Pass, if you want a weird snake game. <laughs> yeah, we have Mario Kart. My wife loved uh, Super Mario Odyssey. She wouldn't beat that, so... Oh, yeah, that's that Mario game that's really impressive. Yeah, that that's probably a good one, too. I, I forgot about that. <laughs> well, it sounds like your wife enjoyed it, so that's good, at least. <laughs> Yeah, All right. she did. Well, thank you, Alex. Um, thanks for being around, and uh, we'll see you more next week, I assume, or the week after. So, and thank you for doing that review because nice sounds pretty cool. See, it's doing it's a good game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those are the easiest reviews. Really good games or really bad games. Yeah. Uh, all right, Jonathan, what have you been playing this week? Or weeks? Well, I had a fairly long Thanksgiving week break. I only worked one day. so And then my wife and the kids went out of town for a few days to go see her parents. And I stayed and watched the dogs. We have three of them, so we can't just leave them. We can't bring them. So, uh, so I actually played and beat Baldur's Gate Enhanced Edition. Oh, that would that would have taken a while. It did take a while, but I put some. It's not as long as I would expect. I kind of, I've done up until Baldur's Gate, which is chapter five, I think. Yeah, about four or five times since the game's released, and for whatever reason, every time I've gotten the Baldur's Gate, I stalled out. New game came out, I switched, and then once I hadn't played this in a while, it. You know, I just kind of lost focus and, and never beat it. So it's one of my favorite game series of all times that I've never actually beaten the game until a couple days ago. But I went through went through the whole Baldur's Gate thing. It's very uh, back and forth with a bunch of little quests in the in the big city of Baldur's Gate. It's got like eight sections of or er, uh, nine sections of the city. So there's a lot of running around, back and forth quests here, quests there. That I even did the, the Tales of the Sword Coast expansion content, 
which was like a tower and an island. And um, there was one other little thing. I forget now. Did that. And now I've started Siege of Dragonspear, which is the new expansion that kind of bridges the gap between Baldur's Gate 1 and Baldur's Gate 2. And you go from there, and then you can import your character in the Baldur's Gate 2 Enhanced Edition, which I'll also plan to continue playing. So I am playing Siege of Dragonspear. I've only done a little bit into it. So far, so good. It's interesting how they did the voice actors because they couldn't go find all the old voice actors. <laughs> That's true. And so you have voice actors that sound a whole lot like them. Like, really, I mean, they did a pretty good job with it. But then you're also like, oh, and then they say a little thing and something sounds just a little bit off. You're like, oh, that doesn't sound quite like that guy. Actually, I think they did to get some of the old voice actors back. But they're also 15 years older than they used to be when they last voiced the characters. So, so did you get they, the $130 collector's edition of Siege of Dragons here? No, I didn't. <laughs> I I thought about it. Oh, did to you? To be honest. Yeah. But I, for whatever reason, I think I felt what was in there wasn't worth the money to me. Yeah. I guess it was back in, Even though I wanted to support the game. So, uh, and I guess this will segue into some other news we get here pretty soon. Um, I also ended up buying, playing, and beating the single player of Star Wars Battlefront 2. Yeah. Uh, what'd you think of that? You know, uh, I, I, I mostly liked it. I was impressed by it. I liked, uh, the production scope of the game is amazing. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the characters are pretty cool. The, um, you really feel like you're like, inserted into a star wars movie so it yeah, almost feels like yeah hmm? go ahead uh it almost feels like uh, some of the negatives i would say it's, it's somewhat forgettable as far as the story and attention it's fan fiction <laughs> yeah and <laughs> and it's kind of star wars theme parkish. yeah so here's hey, let's run around as Leia here. for a while. Here, let's run yeah. around as Han Solo for a while. <laughs> let's yeah, go through much. the Lando Calrissian ride now. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. It's basically Star Wars theme park, but that didn't say playing as those characters for a little while was cool. I know. I had so much fun doing it. I feel bad. <laughs> the story was terrible. The characters were just ham-fistedly inserted, and yet I loved every minute. <laughs> <laughs> Because it, it sounded like Star Wars, it looked like Star Wars, I was playing Star Wars, and I was, yay! <laughs> yeah, yep. And playing on PC, I felt the ship controls weren't that great with mouse and keyboard. Uh, they were definitely made to be played with a, a, a controller. Oh, yeah. So that was a little annoying. I got it down after a little bit, but it was just off, kind of. So... Um, no, I mean, overall, I, I enjoyed my... I mean, I beat it, so I went through it all and played through it, and, and well, I had fun. It's not that fun. long. It's like, what, six hours of a campaign? Yeah, I played six to eight hours or something like that. I, I didn't count exactly, but I did it all in one day. Mm-hmm. I think it was the Sunday of uh, the Sunday before Thanksgiving. I sat down and just plowed through it. Um, so what are you doing for uh, the multiplayer? Are you playing much of that? Yeah, we, we were, and then I haven't in a little bit. Um, I think Dra- uh, Baldur's Gate got me a little off course there because I'm still playing PUBG with friends too. Whenever, um, and that's I can hey, talk about that. You can too. jump through windows now. Yeah, I did play the uh, the the public test server. Mm-hmm. 
they changed a lot. Uh, the the look of the game is a lot different. It, it looks more like a a newer polished game with the trees looking better instead of like there was kind of lower key graphics in a way. So the graphics look like a, a fresh coat of paint. The uh, the colors look different. You could you can vault vault through windows. Uh, you know the little the red circles where they start artillery firing bombarding. Mm-hmm. That sounds scary now. Oh, good. Like you'll hear like the artillery like firing off in like the distance, some booms, and then you hear a pause and you just all hell breaks loose as those start raining down and you're in the area. It's just loud and things are blowing up and screaming artillery shells and it's like what is going on. So that's pretty. They, they changed the the vehicle noises. They added some different guns. They tweaked some guns. It play. Uh, it seems like there's more of a, you know when. Uh, I guess more physics added in when you start to run and you stop running. So when you start, you have to, there's like maybe a second of acceleration. Mm-hmm. Instead of feeling like when you press it, you know, in a direction to move, you just immediately go full speed. You mean like most first person shooters? Yes. <laughs> so I like there's like a sl- slight build up to getting from stop to full speed. Okay. Which will help the guys that try to do that jump around and lay down on the ground crap. Uh, the, 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 the corner jump where a lot of people do where they go around a corner and they swing the mouse to the left and jump in the air so they're harder to hit. Hell yeah. Yeah, that, that'll that be... I'm sure some people will still do it, but that'll be harder. But the bigger or, problem with this game right now is people straight up hacking and cheating. Oh, I'm sure. That's, that's the big downfall of PC gaming yeah. is, is the potential for hacking. So, so one of PC's strengths is also its weakness because... While games are easily customizable and you can do what you want with them, it also helps it easy or makes it to be easy to hack. So, yeah, that's just uh, something you got to deliver with. Um, so that's the news on that front. I think they're trying to bust that out for the end of the year. Yeah, get I mean, that it's going to be 1.0 uh-huh. so that it can win all the yep. Game of the Year awards for this year. <laughs> it, it'll be up there, I'm sure, if they can yeah. manage to get it out there. It's been a phenomenon type game. Uh, and the other one I've been playing, I, I've revisited Grim Dawn, the, the Ashes of Malmoth, or Malmouth, or however you pronounce it, Mush expansion. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's Mal. It's spelled Mal, but I don't know if you say Malmoth, or it's probably Malmoth. But uh, I haven't gotten into the expansion content yet, but I, I was playing, my, I got my wife the game, and my brother's playing, and another friend, so we've kind of done a four-player thing, running around. I, I haven't played Grim Dawn, is it worth getting into? I love Grim Dawn. It's, okay. it's a really good game. It's a uh, it's a Diablo. Clone, Is it as so. complicated as Path of Exile? No. Good. And you, <laughs> I only and have so can, much bandwidth for stuff like that. You can respec, and okay. it's the, there. There's some customization stuff. Is this the game that has the Motorhead expansion, or is that a different one? I can't keep. Uh, uh, I'm that not sure what that is. Okay, don't worry about it. There's this is a, it's more of a post-apocalyptic look to it. Yeah, well, no, I'm yeah, I'm looking at it now. Yeah. Um, so the what what's new? An Inquisitor, it looks like, or I'm not sure. Dude with the pirate hat. You haven't gotten into the expansion yet, okay? No, I've been replaying. I, we started fresh characters, so they have a necromancer too. Yeah, well, they don't have a. Okay, so how that works? You start with one base class, and it's got some. Uh, some skills. So the way you do it when you're a level zero to five, you level up your class and you level up your skills. 
okay. you have an overall character level. So every time you get a level as a character, you get three skill points. You can use those skill points to level up your class. You can use those skill points to get skills. But certain skills are locked behind until you've unlocked a certain class level. So you can drop a lot of your skill points to get to the higher end of the skill tree, but then you have less points for skills. So that's the, some of the trade-off. But when you also get a class level, it also gives you rating static boosts like uh, more uh, health and, and uh, attack power and magic power kind of thing. I think it's cunning and willpower and, and uh, physique is the three main and some other things. So it's not like they don't do anything for you. They give you some uh, uh, power boost, but you don't get as many skill points. Now, at level 10, you can dual class. Uh, or you pick a secondary class, and depending on what secondary class you pick, say I think it's a necromancer mixed with a soldier, and you become a death knight. Oh, okay. And you don't look any different, but you're now a death knight. Now, you could stay straight necro. You could stay straight soldier. You could have a death knight in name, but all your skills are soldier skills. So... That's just that's it's very loose as far as classes go, but that just basically decides the two different skill trees you can pick skills from, and then they have a, de- a devotion tab where it's more. This is a little more path of exile, where you start in a little five pointed star uh, at the center. You pick a direction, and which one you pick unlocks some more. And then there's like little little. Uh, constellations really like a bull and a snake and something else and some of them have like three points some of them have like eight points you start through it and as you go you every time you get a a, a point in this stuff where you actually find them in dungeons uh, you get to advance on the on a little skill tree thing and you can kind of pick which ones you want to go to uh, and you fill out you know you specialize your character you make it more powerful and say you want to do acid damage or you want to do fire damage if you're a fire class and so you try to enhance or or specialize your character with uh using that portion of it and that you can even unlock some skills doing that as well so that's about what i've been playing i've actually been doing a lot of gaming uh, that that, that break helped. No kids, no family. Sit here, play games. It was kind of it was pretty fun. Uh, a, a game staycation. Game staycation with you and the dogs. Yep. Oh, they annoyed me too. Oh, did they? Yeah. Because they, um, I was just the three of them. They used to have my wife around too, so I always all over. Usually they follow her around all the time. Oh. So they're all like (laughs) in my game room. Yeah, all over my couch. (laughs) Cats are jumping on my desk. Oh, yeah, cats too. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's too many. Too many furry animals. We have lots of furry animals. I have a big house, so it's not so bad. And the kids like to play. It is when they all sit on top of you. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) Like daddy just wants to game. Yes. Cat, get off my keyboard. And then I have this little. You saw the pictures of my game, and I have that little like cut in the wall for the the receiver, my AV receiver. Okay. And there's space around it and behind Uh-oh. it, so guess where the cats like to go and sleep and yep. dig around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that annoys me. And then they knock <laughs> stuff over. 
And I'm trying to like get not get shot by uh, some Sith dude or some stormtrooper and stuff, and then they're knocking my crap on the floor. So that's funny. That's what that's what I've been playing. Cool beans. All right. So what have I been playing? Chris has been playing a few things. Um, so I played fill out my uh, my list of games that I wanted to play this year out on Black Friday. So now. Um, bunch of games that I've been putting off till later because I don't want to buy them at full price because I know I'd be able to get them cheaper later. Well, this was the time, so I picked them up, and I've got almost all the games I care about now uh, for this year. Yeah, which ones did you get? Um, oh, gosh, man. Um, let me tell you. Um, I picked up uh, the Middle Earth Shadow of War. Um, I picked up uh, Near Automata. Um, or Automata, however you pronounce that. I picked up... Give me a second. Uh, I picked up... Oh, I picked up Everybody's Golf, used from a red box for $10. Good, good <laughs> price to pay for that. Um, I picked up Destiny 2. Um, I picked up Dishonored Death of the Outsider on PC. Um, picked up Cuphead for Xbox One. Um, I said that one already. Passed on that one. Assassin's Creed Origins. I decided I'm going to give this another try because of how much people are liking it. Just because I had a bad first time with it, I'm going to put some more time in it to see if I like it more. Uh, I picked up South Park Fractured But Whole. Um, Wolfenstein The New Colossus, I think, is the last thing I got. So... That's plenty of games. That'll keep me busy yeah, for a while. Some, I picked up Nier as well. I picked up Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah, I already had it. Uh, Otherwise, I would because it was $20. Yeah, 20 bucks. <laughs> Best Buy, Nier Automata, and uh, Horizon. They even had the Sky of Five for $20 for the Switch. Yeah, I, sold out I, like bought 30 that. Minutes. I bought that new, and I wish I had waited because that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it sold out really fast, so you may not have been done with oh, it anyway. Point, yeah. And then I've pre-ordered a game you're going to talk about in a few minutes. Okay. I bought um, Prey. It was $20 on Steam. Steam sale. Yeah, I thought about it. I ultimately decided not to, but I thought about about that one hard. I've heard great things in uh, Avalon, which I usually like his stuff. Uh, oh, did Chris Avalon to... write that too? Oh, okay. He didn't write all of it. He He helped with some stuff. Okay. So... I, I don't know exactly what was his and what's not, but I know they brought him in on it. So there's a few other games I got too, and I can't remember. Oh, apparently I also bought Pyre on Steam and Regalia <laughs> of Men and Monarchs. Oh, yeah, yeah. I talked about that one a couple months ago. Regalia. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I know. It looks great. And Pyre, everyone seems to love Pyre who plays it, so. Jeez. Now I have too many games, which I already had too many games. Now I even Always. more so have too many games. But I have all the 2017 things. So I'm trying to play a bunch of them a little. So um, I jumped into Destiny 2 on Thursday night. Um, and that's because the, the previous part of my week was revolved around putting up Christmas decorations and uh, cat-proofing a tree and stuff like that. Anyway, uh, so I tried out Destiny 2 on Thursday night, and that... Uh, 
at first I was like, yeah, this feels exactly like Destiny. And I was like, I don't know if I'm really taken to this. And then I looked up and it was um, almost midnight. And I realized, oh, okay, yeah, I'm able to get back into this apparently. Um, so <laughs> the Destiny 2 time sink is real. Um, and then yesterday I started playing Xenoblade Chronicles 2, which I already talked about with Alex. Um, and gosh, man, uh, I, uh, oh, I played some more Assassin's Creed Origins. Like I said, I'm trying to give that game a second chance. Um and I started to fall into a rhythm with it, and it's starting to feel a little better, but I'm not there yet, so I'll keep you posted on that in the future. Um, so, oh, and uh, uh, Shadow of Mordor, I've been been gradually getting closer and closer to the end so that I can start playing Shadow of War. Um, but, of course, I like Shadow of Mordor, like, uh, just like uh, Battlefront 2, because it's in a, a setting that I really love, um, I just even if the game's not that great in certain respects or if it's getting grindy or anything i just love being surrounded by like that tolkien world and stuff that i don't mind and i just like doing stupid things in there that are like oh yeah look there's an elf thing there oh look uh, the orcs at things that i recognize and oh look that's a ranger and oh look those i've never been to this area but i heard about it in the books now i get to see it yay so that sort of stupid stuff uh that game really intrigues me. Mm-hmm. I've still had a lot of friends play it, and then a lot of friends stop playing it after a short time. So it almost worries me. No, and I can totally see that how it would happen. Because I, I put um, Shadow of Mortar on hold for a year. And then I, it was uh, only because the second game was coming out, and I really wanted to see how they improve upon things. I was like, wait, I should go finish the first one, because this is the direct story sequel. And so <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to report that I was able to get back into it. But it is easily a game that it's like, yeah, this is good, and I like the setting. But I could also do other things, and it's just like, it's it's in my gaming interests, but it's not like my core, like what fascinates me the most about gaming. So it's like, you know, I'm I'm overall gonna be more engaged with a thing like Divinity: Original Sin 2 because that just pulls more of my my triggers and knobs about you know the things that make me like to play games. So, um, but it's not that. But Shadow Mortar is cool, and it's got all the Tolkien stuff. So I don't know. Your 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 experience will vary, and uh, you could get the first game for rather cheap, or free in some places, or it's bet gone free at times. I think and whatever. Um, let's see now. The other thing I did is, uh, gosh, how do I, oh right right right, Destiny Two. I want to talk a little bit more about Destiny Two. Nobody told me that Balthier is a voice actor in Destiny Two, and <laughs> he he totally is, or at least I think he is. Um, it certainly sounds like him, but like what? Well, yeah, Devrim Kai, um, and or Devrim K. He's he's an English sniper, and he he's he's played by the same guy who played Balthier, and it's just like, oh sweet, <laughs> Balthier is giving me mission orders and stuff now. That's I got no problem with that. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't know that actually. Um, and let's see. I don't know what his act- the voice actor's name is. I should actually learn that at some point. But whatever. He's awesome. <laughs> um, and so I, I'm enjoying that because of that. And, uh, I'm enjoying getting my light level up. Or my loot. I guess my item level. They're just calling it now. And so that started at level 1. And now I'm at level 69 or something. And it's like, yeah, let's get that, that level up. And that's got that Diablo feeling to it. And oh, I can kind of short-circuit my loot progression by hanging out with these level 20s doing a world quest because I can, because the way it scales, I can actually still help out with that, and then I get a bunch of drops, and yeah, I feel like I'm making progress. So they do a good job with that. 
Um, oh, and the shooting's good in that game. Um, oh, and then uh, what I actually did play, I put, I put more time into this than I should. I'm level 10 in Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. <laughs> so I have been mm. delivering fish and bugs and fruit to animals for the past few days, and I'm playing way too much of Animal Crossing Pocket Camp uh, versus what I think I should be playing for a game that's just about, like, fulfill these requests, wait for these timers to expire, fulfill more requests, be tempted by microtransactions. But it, I'm just having fun running around, and they streamlined the fishing, in, or excuse me, they've streamlined um, bug catching in a way I appreciate versus the other Animal Crossing games. And and then and I can go fishing and, and make all my animal friends happy. And then they come visit me. And oh, look. Oh, my God. A, a kangaroo just showed up. I haven't met this per, this one before. And this is happening live right now while I'm podcasting to you. Hello, kangaroo. And it's got a, she's got a joy in her pouch. Yay. <laughs> I, carry, carry I'm a, I was one of those that never got those games. Yeah. Uh, there's, You know what? The reason I fall off of Animal Crossing games, the newer Animal Crossing games, the GameCube one I played for a little while, um, I, cause just, I felt like there were... It was structured in a way that I appreciated more, or I just hadn't gotten tired of it yet. I'm not sure which. Um, but the thing that loses me in those games is, ultimately, if you don't like designing things, th there's not much for you in those games. There's nothing for you to do, because if you don't like building your house and, and laying out furniture, which I really don't, um, there's no point to that game, because that's what it is. It's just living, collecting some stuff, laying it out, and then talking to your animal friends and seeing if they move away or trying to keep the ones you like to not move away but there's no like goals this version of the game because it's got kind of these light microtransaction hooks um or and again this game's pretty e i haven't spent any money on it and it's very easy to play without spending money oh i'm level 11 actually oh i didn't notice that um <laughs> this game because it has like these things you can do and these things you have to wait to do and to collect to do and like you can only progress so much with each character per day it's giving me a thing to do a purpose and that's like all i've been missing in an animal crossing game and if they just like put in a rebuild the community center in an animal crossing game i think it'd be one of my favorite games of the year and they haven't done that but this comes closest to that and like they you've got a way to like build up your your tent to multiple levels and stuff and um and your camper does the traditional... Th so, okay, Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, just so you know, you are camping in a campground. And so instead of having a village, you're all at a kind of a shared campsite. Um, that ha It's a, actually it's more like a shared national park that you're all camping in different parts of. So you go visit the animals over here while they camp over here. And you'll move around because you're all like on this massive summer vacation that never ends. And you all move your tents to camp in different areas, different nights. So, um, and then you can there's like a central area where you've set up your base camp apparently and you have a camper like an actual rv that you drive around and then do to visit other campsites where people are at which is like okay that's weird that you basically have two different ways of camping but you have a camping tent in your base camp and you can build that up and lay out furniture in front of it and stuff yes you set up furniture outside i don't know how they deal with rain that hasn't come up it's not an issue apparently um, and you also have your camper, and you can decorate the inside of that as well. And I don't know why, but you can. And the camper thing it, that you drive around that you're never in is the thing that has the whole traditional Animal Crossing mechanic of they make it bigger and or add a second level. I don't know how this works, but there are mechanics that add a second level to your camper, and it doesn't get any bigger. I don't know how that works mm. physically, but they do it, and then they charge you a loan for it. Um, so they're taking the role of Tom Nook in this case. So it's really weird, but okay. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, 
And so that so you got that that's your camper has got the the loan progression, but then you have this tent in your in your in your base camp that's way more interesting to level up, and you can level it up with different. Um, so everything has a different style, and different styles unlocks max friendship levels with different animals, and then having higher friendship levels with the different animals unlocks better requests and better rewards and stuff like that. Okay, and so the leveling up of your tent and stuff is cool because you just collect the supplies you need to do it, or the money, or both, and then you do it, and it, that's on a timer. And it's not a loan, it's an upfront payment that you get to plan for and see ahead of time, and that feels cool because it's not one of these behind the back, now, hey, now you're in debt 30,000 bells, and you didn't know it. And so I like that, too. Um, and just everything's structured in this game in a way that I appreciate more, and what I've seen from, like, the giant bomb cast and stuff like that, nobody else agrees with me. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of negativity around the way this game's structured with its timers that for some reason it's working for me and it's like anathema to everybody else. Um, and that's fine because I probably, you know, I know that I see that this game is just set up with very traditional free-to-play game mechanics um, under the covers here. And while I'm the Animal Crossing trappings combined with having goals is keeping me going, I'm sure at some point I'm going to be like, this is stupid. But at least I'm not having to draw cards of animals and hoping I get the the gold rank kangaroo or anything like that out of a random draw. None of that's in here. So the worst part of free-to-play games is not present. So for now, it's like, oh, this is cool. Um, I think if they did start making it where I had to draw the animals out of a vending machine, which has a very morbid... That's a very weird thing to think about now that I think about it. How would that even work? Um, Yeah. They wouldn't come out of a vending machine. I guess they would like uh, invite your friend and see who chooses to come. Oh, is it your really good friend? And what is that saying about people to give them a ranking? Oh, this is the gold rank person. This is silver rank friend. Like, oh, that's terrible. Um, hey, we all have our different ranked friends. <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> um, so they don't have any of that garbage. So that's and so this is working for me. So I'm enjoying Pocket Camp, and I'll shut up about it now. Yeah, I gotta be really bored to play with this friend, friend. <laughs> the bronze tier. You only have them there to fill the <laughs> fill the requirements to unlock the the getting the silver tier friend better. Ah, <laughs> uh, I have a kangaroo now! Yay! Trade oh. in two bronze friends, get one silver friend. Oh no! Feed the friends to other friends to make them go up in levels. Oh, yep. <laughs> oh, oh, that's terrible! Cannibalism in your Animal Crossing. Ooh. Hannibal Crossing. Ah, see what I did there? <laughs> yeah. All right, I better shut up now. Let's move on to news. <laughs> Since uh, we covered everything you were playing, right? Ah, uh, yes. Okay, good. Yes, yes. <sighs> All right, everybody. Valkyria Chronicles Four is coming out. It was announced worldwide by Sega, and they've got a trailer up. I feel like we talked about this last time. Did I make a mistake here? Um. No. Okay. No, I don't think so. Hmm. I think it was right around, right after the last show. Oh, it must have been. Yeah, it was probably on Twitter and stuff like that. Okay, cool. So yeah, uh, Valkyrie Grounds Four, and they've confirmed it's coming to the West. Yay! So none of this half and half baloney and everyone being uncertain what's going on. And let me tell you why, because it's coming to the Switch. It's not just the Switch. Yep. It's PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Uh, it'll come out sometime in 2018. Um, 
It's uh, they're going back to the combat system used in the original three games. None of this Valkyria Revolution garbage that nobody liked. Um, and let's see, the game takes place in the same time frame as the first game during the Second European War between the Atlantic Federation and the Autocratic East European Imperial Alliance, um, but in a different part of the conflict and with a new cast of characters. Um, so yeah, there you go. And it looks like there's a dog in your party with a neat hat on it. So. Oh. Does he talk? No, I think it's just a dog that hangs out with everybody. <laughs> so, that's cool. Um, yeah, this looks like a uh, a game I'm going to get, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's looking like what people want as far as more Valkyria Chronicles stuff. So, that's a good sign. Um, I don't even know who works on these games anymore. Um, I know it's announced by Sega, but do they actually have the people there who worked on any of the other games? <laughs> like, I, I think so. Happened. I think hmm. they do. Alright. So we'll see. Um, yeah, people are very happy about this. And, you know, they want to play it on their Switch so they can play it portable and or on the TV or whatever. Okay. Hey, here's one. How about this for you, Jonathan? Neverwinter Nights is getting an enhanced edition. Yep, that's the one I pre-ordered. Oh, you pre-ordered it? Okay. Yep, that's what I was hinting at when I was talking earlier. So this is... So you can get on and... Or I think you can get early access stuff to it, too. I didn't apply for it, because... Um, what are they I, enhancing with this? Like, because doesn't that still work on PCs and stuff? Like... 4K. Oh, okay. But are they redoing the art? <laughs> I'm looking at the trailer uh, here, and I don't think so. <laughs> No, that's not what they do. They <laughs> enhance the art. It's like a, it's like a remaster, not a redo. So I don't remember. I remember trying out Neverwinter Nights and being like, oh, these polygons, and and bouncing off of it pretty hard. Um, isn't Neverwinter Nights two and like specifically like one of the first expansions or the first or second expansion for Neverwinter Nights two? Isn't that the one that was like really really good that everyone was talking about or just... yeah people like that one as well uh that was obsidian game oh okay uh everyone nights 2 is all right the people really loved one a couple of the expansions yeah never run nights one people also really loved and they love some of the expansions and some of the expansions are actually uh f- uh fan created kits basically oh okay so there are some of those expansions where they had contests, and if you won, you're like you had to. So basically, people made their own expansions, and they're pretty good. Mm-hmm. And uh, the biggest draw with uh, people are having with Neverwinter Nights one, especially the the remake, the remaster, the enhanced edition, or whatever, is the basically you, you can do your be your own DM. So you set up your own servers, you have your own worlds, uh, you create your own stories, and people can. There's still people playing the original Neverwinter Nights, uh, and they also played Neverwinter Nights too, where they have their own little uh, servers and worlds. It's weird to me now that we have things like Divinity Two, Divinity Original Sin Two, and uh, Tales of the Sword Coast, um, mm-hmm. and of course actual dedicated GM tools for just traditional pen and paper stuff that I would think would be better of an experience than going back to these were these were the first big ones and yeah. so they have you 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 stick with what you know yeah all right that's fair and uh I, I there's i think there's a lot of people excited about hey i can get my 
you know, DM game back together or, hey, now I can continue mine and finally get those upgraded graphics to play on, play nicer on modern, you know, systems and setups. So, uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, it's going to be fun. I actually, I did some of that, uh, the Never Run a Night stuff. And it's a lot of, a lot of it is going to be having to coordinate with people you don't know as far as playing out a good time when there's a GM on to get like content. Uh, a lot of it's a lot of role playing where you just kind of walk your character around and talk to people and te- you know text chat. So sure. some people really get into that. I played a lot of MMOs. That's kind of lost that luster for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want you know content. So I don't know how, if I'm really going to get into that aspect of the game again or not. I tried it. It was cool for a little bit. You know, got old quick. Well, there's probably some really good fan made modules out now that you haven't played, right? Yeah, I'm. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. Um, uh, as far as Never One Nights One goes, story wise, I played it some. I had a shit computer back then. Mm-hmm. This was in college, and yeah. it had problems running it, and it would crash a lot. Yeah. And so I, it's one of those. It's one of the dings in my Bioware-ish D&D game uh, story, you know, that I haven't really fully played much of. So it's one I want to go back, and this is a perfect excuse to go back and revisit and play it, so. I've done Baldur's Gate 1 and 2, Planescape, you know, the Fallout games, well, those aren't D&D, but. So are they uh, putting this one on iPad? Probably not, right? I don't know. I haven't seen mention of it. It may be hard for iPad to run. I would it. think so, but um, well, I, it's not that. But I've it seen other games run it, I would think the control no. scheme would be weird. Cause... It's not really any different than too much different than like Baldur's Gate and stuff. Because freaking Kotor is on iPad, so why couldn't this oh, be on yeah. iPad? The, yeah, it definitely could. Hmm. Thinking about it now. So yeah, I don't know. I I didn't see that. I don't. I don't have an iPad. And I don't tablet. Well, game whatever. Works. I'm just kind of, kind of curious whether or not they announced yeah. it or not. Well, uh, my, me saying that is I wasn't looking for that information. Oh, okay. So I I may have missed it just because I wasn't interested in it anyway. So I didn't seek out the. But it could be something. Well, to look what up we don't it. know is yeah, and it looks like they they've only announced Steam, um, but uh, or Beamdog, so probably yeah. not for now. Um, what we don't know is how well those iPad versions of the other games did. Maybe they just said, "Yeah, this isn't doing well, so we're gonna stop." Oh, I think they, I think the Baldur's Gate ones did well. Oh, on iPad? Yeah. Okay. I think they had pretty good sales on those. Hmm. I know the first one did. I don't know if Planescape, Icewind Dale, and Baldur's Gate Two did, but I know I, I remember the first one did. Sometimes I keep thinking that's the only way I've ever, I'm ever gonna play those games is having it portable and with me, but they've been out for months and months, and I haven't started so. Maybe I'm just never gonna play them. <laughs> yeah, it makes me sad. I, but I like them a lot. They're in my. They're just so especially big. They are, <laughs> and some of the stuff isn't is awesome now because it's been done other you know other places, you know Dragon Age and Divinity and all these new 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 old style you know CRPGs that mm-hmm. have popped up in the last five years or so, but. I think a lot of what Baldur's Gate was doing then was fairly ahead of its time as far as scope, character party interaction, character romances in Baldur's Gate 2, uh, the dynamics of pissing off your party members and them turning against you and fighting you. 
if you you made it the choice they didn't like um the non-linearity of go here go there form your own party the way you want to as long as you just hit these major story milestones to, to get the main plot going so there's there's a lot to it that at the time when i was playing him i was in, in high school and like it was like wow this is this you know that cliche blew my mind it kind of did with with what you could get out of rpg games now these aren't without their flaws and they're stuck to that D system to where D is great in pen and paper some of the stuff doesn't apply very well to video game form and they change the combat a little bit so some things are different but you kind of you get used to those warts and you kind of don't see them anymore and you just enjoy it for what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so some things haven't aged as well. Some things are, you know, stand the test of time. And you can see its influences in so many games. So I think go- if you never played them growing up, some of it may be a little harder to do. But I, that, I this, it's just what I know. And I, so it doesn't really bother me. But I could see how the combat sometimes can be boring and having the rest and do the inventory management, but the enhanced edition and, and many of the, there's so many fan made mods for it. And most of them work with the enhanced edition that, uh, some of its content, some of its, um, UI related, some of its ease of use related, like stacking stuff in your inventory better, you know, um, to pick, pick things up. And there's a bunch of, bunch of little things like that, that you can, tailor the experience or or get rid of some of the annoyances of the experiences for you i obviously those may not be as available on the ipad versions which maybe is a ding against that version versus the pc version but you can't play it on the go and then maybe the controls doing the touch controls may be a little uh stiff i haven't like i said i haven't tried it but so that's my little rant on on those but this will be exciting i'll get to try to push through never one of nights again like it's new and i think it's i think it came out back in 01 or 2002 maybe the original mm-hmm. so it's been it's been a while yeah. <sighs> all righty what am i thinking of now all right let's see what's our next story oh right romancing saga 2 vita is uh apparently still coming which i didn't know that it wasn't coming but apparently it is it's been reconfirmed <laughs> um so the director for romancing saga 2 and its remake um provided an update on the status of its western vita um release let's see so they're saying uh now i'm in london i can tweet about romancing saga 2 for the west we are releasing um, romancing saga 2 for ps vita and some other game consoles next december please wait for official announcement from square enix thank you everybody um and yeah so what does that mean um surprise they're getting more vita big vita or relatively big vita release it's not just like a a limited run games or a, a download only Vita release. That's not too many of these come out anymore. Well, do, is it going to be a physical release? We don't really know. Oh, that's a good point. Maybe it's not. And uh, other game consoles. He used a plural. Um, does that mean just the Switch? Does it mean the Switch and other things? Does it even mean the Switch? I don't know. Probably means the Switch. <laughs> And next December, um, is that meaning like this month right now or next year? 
I assume because the the tweet was in November. So, um, okay, mm. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> Maybe. Um, so apparently, yeah, uh, the the original platforms this remake came out for uh, it was 2016 iOS and Android. And the Vita version was only released in Japan. So it would not be unreasonable to see this thing hit, like, PS4, Vita, and um, Switch in the U.S. I can definitely see that, yeah. Um, or maybe PC. Hmm. All right, so Tokyo Xanadu EX Plus PC has a has a date. So um, the PC... Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll talk more about this later in new releases. And apparently, Alexa think, or Siri thinks I talked to her for some reason. I'll turn that off. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the Tokyo Xanadu EX Plus is going to be released the same time, December eighth, as the PS4 version. So there you go. And Rainbow Skies. Um, what? What the heck is Rainbow Skies? I don't remember this one. It's oh, it's a tactical RPG from East Asia Soft, originally announced in 2013. No wonder I don't remember. Wow. Uh, is it the sequel to Rainbow Moon? I think it is. Oh, is that what it is? Um, yeah, it is. Yeah. Wow. I I thought they like disappeared. <laughs> All right, so that's gonna come out um for PS4, PS3, and Vita in 2018. Yes, that's right. A P. I don't know what I'm more surprised about the. The PS3 version or the Vita version next year? Probably the PS3 version. <laughs> um, they've announced pre-orders are open for physical editions of both Rainbow Skies and the predecessor Rainbow Moon on PS4 and PS Vita through Play Asia. Uh, comes in both standard and limited editions for $30 or $50. The limited edition contains a collector's box, the, ga- the game, a manual, a two-CD official soundtrack, book of knowledge, tactical guidebook, a map, and a numbered certificate. And uh, a similar list of stuff for Rainbow Moon's physical limited edition. So, And we got a trailer up on the site, so go check that out. So if you were, have been waiting for Rainbow Skies, uh, that's some good news for you finally. Um, we have Demon Souls. Uh, the servers are going away for real this time. So, <laughs> Yeah, so, when I, I saw that tweet or that email or something, I'm like, I thought those already went away. Um, well, they... Uh, they they put out announcements for for shutting them down in 2011 and 2012 and let's see they had one another one in 2012 and then they said no we're gonna keep them going <laughs> and let's see yeah so they it's like that again out. and again and again and again and it just kept going and going and now finally then they stopped talking about it for forever because I guess somebody finally sorted it out but uh, Demon Souls online games. Online servers, excuse me, will go offline um, February 28, 2018, uh, worldwide. Um, so this means you will um, you will not be, yeah, let's see, you will not be able to access, like, the, the, the messages that people leave, and you won't be able to invade other people's worlds, and you won't be able to go to the old, mo- the old monk boss fight, which I have no idea what that is. So... The, you know you'll still be able to play the game single player um, and you'll be relying on uh, changing the world tenancy the manual sort of way but uh, yeah it's too bad that never came out for like PC because then you could like really easily hack in like some mods yep. to to change the things you need to change to make that game progress um, the way you need it to go to do certain things 
but uh yeah that is uh that's goodbye demon souls um Um, we've got some weird responses to that in our forums. One person's like, good riddance. And then Maxworm, our editor-in-chief, is like, R.I.P., you masterpiece of the game. <laughs> Bring on the remaster. <laughs> Why would they say good riddance? I don't understand. I don't know. That person is either trolling or just didn't like the Demon Souls, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I never finished Demon Souls. I don't know if I should at this point. Um, I didn't either, but I'd want to. Oh, well, you've got until February 28th to get the full experience, so get on that. Yeah. You want to, but you're not going to. <laughs> I mean, having the online capability doesn't really give me more of an impetus to finish it now than later. I don't. That It's kind of minor. All right. Let's see. So we have a game called The Longest Five Minutes from NIS America. It is going to be... It has a release date set for February... It'll be on Switch and Vita and PC. Uh, excuse me, Switch and Vita in North America, PC Worldwide, February 13th. European release for Switch and Vita is the 16th. There is a physical limited edition that you can get on the NIS America store. We got a trailer. Um, so the longest five minutes begins with the party's final confrontation with the Demon King. However, the main protagonist manages to lose his memories. The Demon King uses this opportunity to start powering up his final attack, giving the hero five minutes to recall his adventures before it's too late. So, <laughs> I guess the whole game is a flashback. <laughs> yeah, it's like you, yeah, and you get your memory. I, I did see this where you you fight him, you like or you're you play through his uh, his battle with him. And like before each attack, it's like you play through the game, and that oh, that's when he leveled up that skill. Okay, now you can use that skill. Mm. So your progress in the game is kind of flashes back and forth to your during your fight. That's why it's like a five minute boss fight, mm -hmm. but it's really not a five minute fight, right? Because you go back and play a full game, and as you hit certain milestones in the story, I think you unlock abilities or attacks or skills that you use on the boss during the fight. And you're like, oh yeah, I remembered when I got that. Mm -hmm. It's. It seems like an interesting concept. Yeah. So I was looking cool. into it. I may, I may get that one. Yeah. Um, Pascal Takai has an impression from when he played at E3. You can go check out. And there's a trailer. You can go check on that. Um, I'm talking more about it in February, probably. Uh, Shin Megami Tensei Five was officially announced for the West, so it'll be released in North America and Europe. Uh, they have a trailer, and we have no release dates. So. But hey, at least uh, you know it's coming out here. So. Whatever that means. Omega Lever and Z. I don't know what this one is. It's from P-Cube. That's the name of the publisher. P-Cube is spelled P-Q-U-B-E. They're going to be putting out the, the fan service heavy dungeon crawler Omega Labyrinth Z in North America and Europe, uh, PS4 and Vita in spring 2018, and both games are getting, or both versions are getting a physical release. It is the sequel to Omega Labyrinth which was a game for Vita only in Japan in 2013. Um, it's a game, it's a roguelike involving various female combatants from the Embalier Girls Academy whose power is tied to their breast size. Hmm. All right, I'm I like done. The, uh, <laughs> I like the little note you have for that game in there. The note? Oh. Yeah, and the title of the headlines. Uh, what, what did I put? Oh. Note, Omega looks like boobs. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, the Greek Omega symbol does. That's really dumb. 
<sighs> trailer link. Seems- Please note that it is very likely not suitable for work. We don't even embed the trailer for this story. It's just like... Uh, Peggy 16. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. That's a... Uh, yeah, that's a game. All right, what else we got? Uh, Boot Hill Bounties, the sequel to Boot Hill Story. Um, or Boot Hill Heroes, excuse me. The sequel to Boot Hill's Heroes, Boot Hill Bounties, has got a uh, release. It's released... Uh, it was going to be on Steam on December 1st, but it's not now. So it's going to be pushed back to December 15th, and they put out a trailer for it while announcing that delay. And you can see that it has a whole new engine, new improved refined features, and all this sort of stuff. So you can go check it out. And uh, it's only couple weeks and then the game will be out and if you've been looking forward to your boot hill hero sequel you're gonna get it and, uh, i remember that game being pretty funny the first one and yeah i, I like that i it. like him mm-hmm. and uh, i'll yeah i like the design i've met him a few times um at some of the different paxies and and gone over i remember talking about this game several yeah. years ago so it's good that he's finally been able to it's a I think it's pretty much just a one-man team, and he gets someone else to help out with art or sound or something like that. So uh, it's pretty cool to see uh, uh, these little projects like this come to fruition. Cool. All right. And then that brings us into... Oh. So Final Fantasy XV announced something weird. They are going to have... They have a new feature that allows you to swap and control the other Chocobros. So during a fight, you'll be able to switch over and control Ignis or Prompto or Gladiolus. And uh, they all play very differently. They have very different combat styles from Noctis and from each other. Um, to the point where Prompto brings out, like, rocket launchers and then follows it up with a selfie. So, you, you can't tell me that's not something you want to at least try once. So, <laughs> that that's a thing they're doing. Um, and they also... <laughs> Let's see. They have... Uh, oh, episode Arden is kind of... Is going to have... Oh, jeez. There's three DLC episodes coming in 2018, and the first one's going to be Episode Arden. So they're just going to keep more and more and more coming to Final Fantasy 15. Yeah, they're pushing out a lot for that game. I haven't played it yet. Um, I was thinking of, well, given the stack of games I just got, I don't have time for it. But I figured, like, after this December update, it would make sense to maybe jump back into it. Um, did you? How far did you get the first time you played through? Uh, you know, sixty hours. So I'm still in like chapter okay. three or something like that, which is not. <laughs> so <laughs> I've done a bunch of the open world stuff in the first few areas, but um, as far as progressing the plot of the story, not very far. <laughs> right, right. It's weird like that. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I should go to finish that at some point. Um. All right. We have some editorials. We've got a dot .hack slash slash GU last recode review. Uh, Adrian liked it. Four out of five. Go read the details. We have a Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga plus Bowser's Minions review. Three and a half out of five from Mike Menke. Go check that review out. The Xenoblade Chronicle reviews from Alex we talked about earlier. He really liked it. We have a, a thing from Gaijin where he tells us about, about two games that he's not going to finish. So if you want to go see someone rant, <laughs> rant about why they're not going to bother finishing a game, um, you can go. Uh, you can go check that out. Um, one of them being Summon Night. I guess the first Summon Night. But all right. And uh, we have a gift guide. That's right. We finally succumbed. We put out a gift guide. All right, people. 
Um, but as far as I can tell, we don't have like a bunch of Amazon affiliate lists or any links or anything like that. So it's not a money making guide for us or anything. It's just here's some cool RPG stuff that we found that you might want to put on a gift list or let people know they could buy for you, including a giant Snorlax that you can just a giant Snorlax beanbag chair that you can just lay down on. And oh man, I really should get that. How much is that? That Snorlax, $150. Oh, man, I want that in my office at work. That'd be so cool. Um, <laughs> I should add that to a wish list. So, yeah, as you can see, there's some things on here that uh, the RP Gamer may like. And, like, a really cool... Um, for some reason, I can't remember the damn name the ghost's name from Undertale, but, like, they've got a t-shirt of the ghost who listens to music with you in, in, in Undertale. Um, gosh, his name is, like, just... A, right in the tip of my tongue and I can't remember it. I haven't played it, don't know. Can't help. Naps to blue naps naps to bluke. That's it. Naps to bluke. Jeez. And it, it's a cool t shirt so you can anyway, go check this stuff out. And uh we've got some role playing game we've got some uh what are they? They're like cook they're like a manga that's based on like a D and D I don't know. It's weird. Go check out the manga about um, dungeon, delicious dungeon where they are going through a dungeon and getting cooking ingredients and stuff. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Go check that out. <laughs> All right, here's some briefs. Kings and Heroes is out fully now. It's uh, hit. Uh, it's been an early access for over half a year. Oh, excuse me, for over a year and a half. Uh, Kings and Heroes is out now for Steam, Humble Store, Green Man Game for twenty bucks, and that is an open world where you can join up with other people to take on various dungeons um it is wow i don't know anything about this game but yeah it looks a multiplayer dungeon crawly thing so you can go check that out see if you're into it um and you can choose oh you have different classes you can be you can be an orc a goblin a human a dwarf an elf and a marion or a halfling i don't know what a marion is but okay and uh yeah that's the races and then there's um classes and stuff you can choose from too so that's that and we have thq norton has bought thq norton thq nordic has bought uh experiment 101 who you may know or may not know the people who made the open world action rpg biomutant so they wanted more intellectual properties so they bought that and uh biomutant is not out yet they're still working on it um but uh now thq Nor nordic i guess will be publishing it and we have Deep Sky Derelicts coming out of Early Access. That was a turn-based RPG that was on Early Access for a while. It's like 16 bucks. Um, oh, I'm so sorry. Let me let me reread that title and get it correct this time. We have a new game coming into Early Access. It's a turn-based RPG. It's called Deep Sky Derelicts from Snowhound Games. Uh, 16 bucks. It'll be coming out next year, supposedly. It is a comic book RPG a sci-fi comic book RPG set in the sp space-faring dystopian future where players hire and control a team of mercenaries, sending them on missions to acquire wealth. Actually, this sounds like my kind of game, and I need to check into this more. Um, and cool, the battles are all like comic book panels, and they... Oh, that's neat. All right, so go it check It looks out. interesting. Yeah. Um, let's see. Monsters of the Deep is part of Final Fantasy XV now. Uh, let's see. Standalone spinoff based around the fishing minigame, Monster of the Deep. 
It's an exclusive PlayStation VR title, of course, and you get to go fishing, and so it's its own title. How much does it cost? It's not free, is it? Okay. Yeah, I don't know. What's up with that? Um, Monsters of the Deep. Available to download now, so I can buy Monsters of the Deep right now. So it is $30. $30, and you can do VR fishing in the Final Fantasy world. So if that's a thing for you, yeah, you don't have to own Final Fantasy 15 or have played it or anything. You just go fishing for stuff if you want. I don't know why. Hand of Fate 2 is now out on Xbox is now out on Xbox One. Right? December 1st. So and uh, so it's been a few weeks since it came out on PS4, PC, and Mac, which was November 7th, so now it's out here. You or Anna like these, don't you? I do not like you know, I love okay, let me let me put this. Hand of Fate games. I love the adventure game part of this, where you have these cards dealt out and you kind of have this randomized course of of cards that you kind of progress and choose which path you're going to go on and then the card flips over and it gives you either a bonus or um, you have some sort of situation where you have to make a choice and based on your choice you get like different rewards or you fail or whatever Um, what I hate in the Hand of Fate games is the combat it is the sluggish terrible combat that I just don't enjoy playing through and unfortunately a lot of the game's progression is about you doing well in these adventure game type scenarios to get better equipment and then have like a boss fight or a combat scenario and just the fact that that combat exists at all just keeps me from wanting to play the game more and one of the things they said they were going to do is make the combat a lot better in hand of fate 2 and i played hand of fate 2 and i just don't like the combat in it at all still um so unfortunately um I think Hand of Fate would be a game that would be better if they took out the combat. And I know I'm, I I am probably not the majority opinion here, but uh, that's where I'm at with Hand of Fate. So it makes me sad because the rest of the game's so good, and I love the setting and the and the dealing with the the game master guy and all that stuff's really good. And he has a great voice, and it's just it's just a shame that I don't like the combat. So it makes me sad. Anna has not even tried it, as far as I can tell. Okay, I thought you guys talked about this one a bit before. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. No, we probably talked about it coming out of E3 last year, when they were first showing yes, it yes, off. Yes, yes, um, And I was very hopeful then, because it's like, oh, more Hand of Fate, and they're making it better, and just, I don't like the finished product because of the combat, so. Uh, Omega Quintet PC, uh, it's a Steam release for from the game Omega Quintet. And it is, you know, the Steam page is available. They've got some videos up showing off what's going on with the Steam release. And um, so you can see um, how that's going to look on PC and get excited for playing it there um, if you didn't play it on PS4. Or maybe you want to play it again. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, that's a thing. And Elman Age Original is out on Steam. That's a dungeon crawler. Um, That's out for PC on Steam. Uh, doesn't mention Mac. Okay. Elman Age Original Priestess of Darkness and the Ring of the Gods is the full title. It's 10 bucks, And you can check that out. It's a PSP game from 2012. And that is it for news! Whew! Got a long list. We've been away for a little while. So. 
All right, everybody, I wanted to let you know one of the favoriteest things that has happened to me in the past week and a half. I got a text message from my Google Voice account that I have for the podcast here, the 608-729-4098 number, which, by the way, I want to let you guys know I can only remember that number while I'm looking at the podcast notes spreadsheet. There are other times throughout the week that I will try to remember the podcast phone number, and I cannot. But when I'm doing the podcast, 608-729-4098, no problem. Comes right to me. All right. Associative memory. Yeah, it's real weird. <laughs> okay, so I got a text message, and I had to read it a couple times like, what happened here? Somebody got the wrong number. But let me read you the text message we got to 608-729-4098. You can send in your feedback as text message. You can leave a voicemail. You can send an email to podcast.rpgamer.com. But I really like this idea of getting text messages now here. Here it is. Hey, smiley face. I'm Jessica, the tall girl who works at Chili's. I wrote you my number at the receipt. Text me if you would like to get to know each other better, winky face. (laughs) Someone's been cheating on Anna. Someone's trying to pick up Arpy Gamer. Um, that's awesome. Actually, I think this is a um, like a scam. You think bot it's thing. a scam? Yep. Okay. I wonder how that would work. Because if there was they nothing you, to click, you know. Oh, yeah, you write them back, and they'll probably tell you to like get on the Skype and go to their video channel or some bullshit. Oh, like that. okay. And then pay money or something. Yeah, I don't know. So yeah, I don't know how they actually get those to work or. Whatever, but apparently they do because they keep trying. The tall girl who works at Chili's. I just like they're just assuming that you went to Chili's recently and yep. had a tall waitress because you're sitting down, so they all look tall anyway. And then all I wrote you Americans, my number they at, all eat at Chili's. <laughs> well, my wife and I do eat at Chili's a lot, but <laughs> I haven't had a tall waitress leave a number at the receipt. Which, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, our question of the week last week was, uh, do you have any Black Friday horror, horror stories, or um, what are you thankful for in, in video gaming? So Budai wrote to the forums and said, I'm thankful I have video game podcasts to keep me company during long hours of work, which podcast was something I came into late, but now I don't know how I drove all the time without them. Victor says, I'm thankful for online games. They're how I happen to meet my significant other. Strawberry Egg says, I'm thankful for competent full voice acting having become the standard in video games, especially JRPGs. Good voice acting really does enhance a game and makes me feel more attached to the characters. Evil Lore is trolling us and says, I'm thankful for loot boxes, Steam's automated approval process, and swatting. (laughs) Thanks, Evil Lore. Uh, But he does give us a Black Friday horror story. I once went looking for deals at GameStop only to be stuck in a line behind a doting mother and her two boys who were using their alliance to pay for two full-priced retail games. This wouldn't have been a problem, except the allowance was all coinage, mostly pennies, which had to be counted at the point of sale. (laughs) That's not much of a horror story, I gotta tell you, and that can happen any time of the year, but all right, thank you, Evil Lord. He's the only one who contributed a, a horror story, and that makes me sad. Four stories. I got punched in the face and someone stole my TV out of my hands or something. What? Oh. No, no, no. Oh, I'm, it's okay. a hypothetical. I wanted you to tell me that story, but oh. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I went looking for like good Black Friday videos on Black Friday and there, there weren't a lot. 
just now I'm a pretty big guy, fairly menacing looking, I guess. I'm I'm nice guy, but people usually don't met I'm not targeted for stuff like that. Well, um, our question of the week this week. Do we have one? I don't even know. Uh, how would you eat your Animal Crossing animals? Um, I don't know. We could ask what games they pick up during the sales. Yeah. So we kind of talked about that. Black Friday slash Cyber Monday. Steam sale, too. Yeah, whatever. In these recent sales, <laughs> just what'd you what'd you get? <laughs> Tell us what you got. All right, and you can podcast at rpgamer You can apparently text six zero eight seven two nine four zero nine eight or call it and leave a voicemail and uh, go to the forums and leave a message in the show thread. All right, now for the new releases this week. So, out the past week, we've gotten Star Ocean, The Last Hope, four K and HD remaster for PS four PC. We had seven, The Days Long Gone and Elman Age Original on PC, and Xenoblade Chronicles 2 on the Switch. Next week, we're getting nine parchments for Xbox, PS4, Switch, and PC, Spellforce 3, and Tokyo Xanadu EX Plus on PS4, and apparently PC as well, according to our news story. Uh, and I want to let you know, Destiny 2 Curse of Osiris, that DLC is coming out on December 5th for Xbox, PS4, and PC. Woo! That's it. Jonathan, what are you going to be playing this week? Siege of Dragonspear, Player Known, Grim Dawn, uh, me and my wife will buy. See, I have a story. I bought my wife some computer parts. Finally, get an upgraded computer. She was having issues. It's about seven years old. And uh, however, FedEx is having issues finding my house because I have a newer house. <laughs> yes. Okay. They, they, I know. So here's what makes it even more frustrating. So they can't find my house. They put a delivery exception wrong address so i call them i was like no this address is right we we confirm we have the same address this is the correct address it's not on google Maps shit um but usps finds my house and ups finds my house apparently fedex can't however new egg is where i bought the parts from has a strict policy on there for only they can approve of an address change and obviously, for good reason, I'm sure people call and they can get a tracking number if they, you know, uh, hack someone's email account and say, hey, this is the wrong address, ship it to this new address, and it's their address, and right. they, you know, get steal yeah. stuff. So, sure, but I tell the lady, uh, the, the the customer service lady on the phone, hey, uh, no, this is the correct address, please tell the driver this is correct, blah, blah, I'm trying to give her, hey, it's kind of over here. Uh, I can't go and put the ticket in. You have to call the the vendor and have the vendor do it because there's a strict no address. Says, well, I'm not changing the address. I'm just telling you to confirm that's the correct address. So are they are they going to sit let it sit there in the in the place and send it back? Well, I can't because I have to click. Uh, I've talked to the vendor, so I couldn't call and tell them that yes, this is my correct address. I had to go call Newegg and get them all involved. It's just and that's they still really haven't delivered weird. it. <laughs> Two, one package was supposed to be delivered Thursday. It couldn't, it didn't get delivered Thursday or yesterday. And another package was supposed to be delivered yesterday. And I finally got a hold of FedEx again. And the lady called me, like the tracking ground tracking service. And they have a bunch of seasonal drivers right now that don't know all the areas and blah 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 blah. And I, you know, I, I wasn't mean or anything to them. Uh, you know, it's not their fault. It's not their rules. But uh, it is frustrating because it's about seven hundred dollars of computer parts just floating around, and I'm. My wife wanted to have her computer ready for this weekend to play some games on, and it's not. So, yeah, yeah FedEx is bummer. At least she still has the Switch. Yeah, she does. 
Get her Xenoblade. <laughs> well, she probably wouldn't like Xenoblade. Oh, but okay. She's not too much in the RPGs. Okay. She has a story from childhood where they rented Super Mario RPG and she was pissed. She thought it was a new Mario game. Oh. She was like, what is this crap? <laughs> they had to take it back and run a different game. <laughs> That's funny. Just too so bad. She likes, it's like, such a good game, too. <laughs> I say she doesn't like RPGs. She likes yeah. MMORPGs. She played WoW a lot. And she likes uh, Diablo and Grim Dawn and all that. So she does like some aspects of RPGs. Just not that I guess the traditional JRPGs or strategy RPGs or anything like that. All right, uh, and but, I don't remember. Did you say you were playing anything? I got confused. Yeah, yeah, Grim Dawn. Oh, Grim Dawn. Okay. Dragon Spear. Yeah. Just all the all same that. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is it, that's how I'm going to be too. Um, I'll be playing. Um, I'm sure more Xenoblade Chronicles two, some more Destiny two. Um, probably maybe unwrap and try out some Near. Um, the problem with Near Automata is the best parts come after you've beaten the game the first time and so i don't mm. know how that's gonna work um, i didn't beat the first near so i'd, I'd want to play that first um okay that's a little bit even more of a grind than the second one so, yeah so um, i hear yeah um but yeah that those games are all about um they have they have diverging paths that come on the new game plus so it's it's not the same thing over again so you have to play mm. through it multiple times to actually see all the cool stuff so whatever um and that's when they get real interesting. So anyway, um, I've been a bit spoiled for more than I should be on those games, but that's okay. It just makes me anticipate them more. Um, yeah, I have a lot of games to play, so I'm going to go play them. So <laughs> uh, yep. we will catch you next week. And thank you, Jonathan. Thank you, Alex, for being on earlier. And thank you, dear listener, for listening. Um, if you can you know, subscribe on iTunes or Google Play, um, that always helps expose the podcast to more people as those numbers go up. So leave a review. Or just listen and let us know what you want to hear. And uh, just to confirm, we are still working hard on the new RP Gamer site. And I I just made sure that there's there's conversations and decisions being made today. And so be excited. That site stuff is going on. So, all right. Thanks, everybody. And we will see you next time. Until then, bye-bye. <laughs>